Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in the series today, we're calling Make Yourself at Home. This is our fourth message in the series that uh, we've been working through together. And um, we've been talking about, uh, in this series, uh, from a passage of Scripture in John uh, 15 that, that talked about making ourselves at home in the love of God, uh, the importance of doing just that, of abiding in Christ, of, of uh, getting roots established in Christ. And, and so using that sort of picture, we've been talking about the roots that, that we need to uh, make sure that we're cooperating in the Spirit with to get really deeply entrenched into Jesus. And that as we do that, then, then fruit is uh, the result, good spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control and that and and so we have fruit that's developed as our roots get get better and stronger and more deeply entwined in the lord and so we've been talking about these concepts uh, of being rooted into christ um the very first week we talked about a root that i called thankfulness and i expressed to you how important it is that we are a thankful and grateful people that we live in a grumpy world and um, we need to be light in it. And then it starts by us um, not being bombarded by the negativity of the world, but by learning to be thankful. And I encouraged you in the very first week, and every week I'm going to keep doing this until we figure this out, to start every day by thinking of five things that you're thankful for, and that you have to make that a habit. And if you don't make it a habit, you know, the only way you make it a habit is by doing it. That's why you're going to keep hearing it. Um, make it a habit that you don't even begin your day without thinking of five things to be thankful for. Because it changes the way that we look at the rest of the day. That simple 30-second process changes the perspective on the day and how it looks. And yet what we tend to do is we don't do that and we start thinking immediately about all the stuff that we've got to do. And then we let the, the news on and we just hear about all the bad stuff in the world. And that sets the tone for our day and it's not good. And so rather than get involved in all that, start by remembering five things, thinking about five things that you're thankful for. And then we also in that first week kicked off the ministry of encouragement, which we're going to be talking about more in the weeks ahead. But, but remember, I asked you to think about and find two people every day that you can encourage. And that's the other part of the habit I want you to get into. That those two things uh, will be sort of the basis for the ministry of encouragement, being thankful and looking for two people every day to encourage in in the second week um we talked about the root of hope which we defined as a passionate trusting in the lord and and how important it is for for us to have our hope in him uh, and that he's the source of our hope and that any time that we put our hope in anything else or anyone else we're going to be disappointed and so our hope our passionate trust has to be in the lord Last week, we talked about the root of joy and that uh, Christianity, uh, many people think Christianity is about following a bunch of rules and regulations. But I said, and we looked at scripture that talked about the hallmark of Christianity is really joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we talked about what that looks like and how important it was, was for us to, to be joyful, to, to know the reasons why. And we looked at Romans 8 that we can be joyful and to remember them even in the midst of difficult situations. Well, today, I want to talk about the root of faith. And um, 
I think when you want to talk about faith, there is probably no better chapter to use as a backdrop than Hebrews chapter 11. It's the faith chapter. And, uh, huh? and so, um, if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, I, want to, I want to look at that together. We're going to look at some different verses from Hebrews 11 today. But while you turn there, let me tell you a little story. Um, it's about this man and this little boy who enter into a, a barbershop together. And after the man receives a, sort of the full treatment at the, at the barbershop, you know, a shave, a manicure, a haircut, he turns around and he boosts the little boy into the chair. He says, I need to pick something up. I'll be back in a few minutes. And when the boy's haircut was done, the man still hadn't returned. It looks like your daddy forgot about you, said the barber. Well, that wasn't my daddy, said the boy. He just walked here when I did and said, come on, son, we're both going to get a free haircut. That's just wrong, isn't it? <laughs> From the barber, yeah. <laughs> now she's got scenarios going on in her mind. Okay. But, see, it's not as bad as last week, so we're on a roll. We hit bottom last week. <laughs> I still love last week's jokes. The reception was fantastic. Hebrews chapter 11, hopefully you found it now, it'll be up on the screen or in your notes as well. Um, but it's the faith chapter. In fact, Hebrews eleven six says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This verse tells us that without faith, it's, it's impossible to please God. So faith is obviously an extremely important part of our lives. And, and so what does this root of faith look like? I want to talk about just four facets of it uh, in our time today. Certainly there's way more than that, but uh, four I thought would be a good number for us to look at and think about and to try and implement in our daily lives. And so what does faith look like? The first is this, that faith is seeing the not yet in the now. How's that for some terminology? Faith is seeing the not yet in the now. Let's talk about that for a minute. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is seeing the future in the present. Um, people are often fond of this particular saying, which is, I'll believe it when I see it. And yet, that's not faith. If you come on Wednesday nights, you know we've been teaching through the book of John. And last week, we, we talked about uh, Thomas, doubting Thomas. And he wasn't in the room when Jesus first appeared to the disciples after the resurrection. And he said, unless I can see him and touch him and see where the wounds are, I won't believe. And uh, a week later, Jesus appears to him and he's able to do that. And, and then he believes, but he couldn't believe it until he saw it. And, and, and see, there's the faith uh, that we're, being t we're talking about here is different than that. Um, faith requires us to believe first in order to see. Oftentimes, that's faith. It's like an artist who, who has um, who's seen a picture before they've ever put brush to canvas. 
And yet in their mind, they've already seen the outcome. Or an architect who has already seen the building in his mind before it's ever built because he, he's envisioned this process. Faith is, is like that. You know, scientists had to believe they could go to the moon and see what it would look like before they ever began to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And, and so sometimes you have to believe it before you see it. Uh, you have to believe it's possible before you see it happen. And, and I use the terminology now and then not yet because as believers, we live in that tension all the time. And the tension is this. See, Jesus has come and inaugurated the kingdom. His words were, the kingdom is here. And yet he's coming back again. And when he comes back, he will fully establish the kingdom. And so the kingdom is, is here, but it's not fully here. And so we live in this tension of the now and the not yet. Um, and faith comes in in this dynamic. That, that when Jesus comes back, he sets everything right. Everything is back to the way it was supposed to be. Everything is set up perfectly once again. And, and that kingdom is not fully here yet, but is here at some measure. Because he established the kingdom. He inaugurated the kingdom when he came the first time. But it's not fully here. And yet, in the tension that we live in, what we do is when we pray in faith, we're asking God to do what he's going to do when he comes back now. And that's how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray. Knowing that he's sovereign and knowing a lot of other things, but in faith, also knowing that he's God and that he can move into the now and that he often will. And so we live in this tension and now and the not yet. And, and part of our lives is this process of, of seeing the not yet in the now, seeing that God can move, uh, being aware of the fact that God is able to move into situations and, and to move in with great power. And so we, we, our faith is in, in what he and who he is and what he can do and, and, and in seeing uh, before it happens. See, faith is, is somehow in that uh, concept of seeing the future in the present. That's one aspect of faith. Secondly, faith is obeying without having it all figured out. Faith is obeying without having it all figured out. Two great examples of this in Hebrews 11. Noah and Abraham. Hebrews 11:7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Well, you know the story of Noah, uh, most of you. Built an ark, put some animals on it, took his family, the rains came, flooded the earth, everything was gone except for Noah and his family and the animals of every kind. But what you may not know is that Noah built the ark in the middle of the desert for the one thing. We're also fairly certain it had never rained before, that the earth was watered in a completely different way than it is now, and that it, it managed to work its way up from the ground, and it, the environment, was that's why people lived so long, was in a different place, and, and uh, it was covered that way, and there was some sort of vapor canopy around the planet, which ultimately was dispersed at the flood. But, but until that time, it hadn't rained. The reason I think that's important for you to know is, um, can you imagine what it must have been like for Noah to be building this ark in the middle of the desert, warning people of a big 
something that was coming that had never happened before, not even the rain come. And the years that it took to put it together and to stay focused and to keep doing it, um, having, having seen, as it said, what was, what was going to come, warned about things not yet seen, he builds this ark. Imagine the faith and imagine the persistence and imagine what it must have been like to stay focused without having it all figured out. He, he wouldn't have known what this whole thing was going to look like. And yet he, he moves into it and he does it because it's what the Lord tells him to do. Abraham, similar situation, Hebrews 11.8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Again, how do you think you might respond if God comes to you, you're 75 years old, and he says to you, hey, time to pack up and leave everything you've known, you're heading to another place, and I'll just tell you along the way. You don't get to make travel plans. You just got to pack up and go because it's time. You imagine the response that, that it required, the faith that it required to do what God had Ask them to do, but see, faith is obeying even when we don't have it all figured out. Faith allows us to respond in obedience, um, knowing that God has a plan for our lives. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So, so we, we understand that, that God has plans for us, and then when... He instructs us to do something, even if we don't completely understand it. By faith, we're obedient to the process. And um, it brings up the third point, which is, is am I going to do um, what I feel is the right thing or what God says is the right thing? And, and that's the third point. Faith is doing the next right thing, even when I don't feel like it. All of us, particularly in this country, have a cultural influence that we have to battle against, and it's very prominent. And the cultural influence is this if it feels good, do it. We've even been bombarded with it in advertisements, and it's very culturally prominent, and our, our culture operates on the principle if it feels good, do it. The problem is that particular statement causes us ultimately a lot of pain because anytime we're driven by our feelings rather than our faith we're going to make a lot of really bad decisions and god wants us as his kids to live a life of faith not just a life of feeling does that mean feelings are bad of course not but if they're the only thing that we rely on for direction in our lives they cause us a lot of problems because the reality is and and See if you're with me on this. Because I talk about this a lot. That what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to live by doing the next right thing. If you've come here at all, you've heard me say it. The reality is this, at least for me. I don't always feel like doing the next right thing. I don't feel like it sometimes. I really don't. Sometimes I feel grumpy or mean or sarcastic or, or tired. or I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like being nice. I don't feel like it. I don't... I don't I want to do what I want to do. Anybody else ever feel that way? If you say no, then, then I'm going to have to call you a liar. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. Um, I don't feel like calling you liars. But 
see, the thing is, if we, if we always just went by what we felt like doing, we would make mostly selfish decisions. And the problem is, life isn't found there. And you've, you've already got enough background data to know that to be true, because you've made your share of selfish decisions. We all have, and they never work. Sin you know, might even be pleasurable for a season, but it never pans out. And so we, we have this, this process that, that we find life in faithfully following the Lord by, in, by faith, choosing to do the next right thing, even when I don't feel like it. Because that's where life is. You know, sometimes when people are trying to rationalize their sin, and I like that word rationalize because they're really just telling rational lies. That's what we do. When we try and rationalize sin, one of the sort of overlying things that I always hear, the underlying things, the, the thing that people sort of work into it that convinces them it's okay to do what they feel like doing instead of what God says to do, is this simple little statement. Well, God wants me to be happy, doesn't he? And the reality is, absolutely God wants you to be happy. But not if you have to compromise and sin in order to get there, because it's not good for you. And what you're, what you're tapping into isn't the will of God for your life. And it's less. We're settling for less. But faith is, is doing the next right thing even when I don't feel like it. And, and it's a part, very important part in a, 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 of faith. Um, look at Moses in Hebrews eleven twenty seven. It says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You see, to, to continue to live doing the next right thing, you have to persevere. And, and part of the way you do that refers back to point one. It's by seeing the not yet and the now. It's by knowing that there's more to life than right at this moment. That something far greater is at work. Far more than we can often touch and see, and yet, yet is very present. And, and we have to remember, that's what's possible. possible. Moses left Egypt and, and wasn't worried about uh, Pharaoh because he saw him who was invisible. He knew the Lord's plan. He knew that what he needed to do was, was obey and, and move along in faith. He knew he needed to do the next right thing, which is what he did. And, and we learn to persevere by seeing the not yet in the now and keeping our focus and not being... Just, you know, always led around by what we feel like doing, but doing the right thing, even when we don't fully understand it. Point number four, faith is telling it like it could be. Faith is telling it like it could be. Hebrews 11.22 says, By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. This is pretty fascinating because Joseph says, listen, when the exodus happens, make sure you take my bones with you. It didn't happen for 430-some years. But, but Joseph was telling it like it could be. And he spoke into this situation. And, and words are extremely powerful. You know, God demonstrates that because he created by, by speaking. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God spoke into it. He, he called it into being and it was. 
it's the demonstration of the power of the word of God. But you need to know that as his creation, your words are powerful as well. Amazingly powerful. And our words can encourage people or we can tear them down. Um, Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. The direction of people's lives has been changed for good and for bad by things that were spoken into them. And you're, you're aware of it. All of us are. We've had people that have spoken words of life into us and it's moved us along and it's encouraged us. We've had people that have spoken words into us that, that destroyed us, that crushed us, that impacted us forever. Some people live their whole lives under, under, uh, in, in a false state because someone in, in, who should have spoken life into them told them they'd never amount to anything or they'd never, they weren't smart enough or they'd never make it or they weren't pretty or they weren't handsome or they weren't whatever. And those words bound them forever. But God can set us free from that. And, and so we have to be careful of the power of our words. And, and faith is tied into this process. People are, here's another comment that, that people like. Tell me if you've heard it. I just believe in telling it like it is. You ever heard somebody say that? I just believe in telling it like it is. Okay. And that, not necessarily bad, especially if they're speaking the truth in love. Although, and I, I find that people who sort of live with the I just tell it like it is motto are usually a little bit rude. And, that, and that's how they try and cover it up. It, it's like, has you ever had anybody start a statement, a conversation with you by saying, I don't mean to be rude, but they're about to be extremely rude. You know that, right? If you can, try and stop them right there. <laughs> if you've got to start it that way, I don't even want to hear it. But they'll say it anyway. Um, and so it's not, I'm not saying it's necessarily bad to tell it like it is, but there's something better. And that's this thing we're talking about. It's telling it like it could be. See, because telling it like it could be requires faith. But it sets in motion events that can ultimately help people to change. See, when I just tell it like it is, what I tend to do is I tend to label the person that I'm talking to by telling it like it is. I sort of label them as a no good this or a no good that. You know what I'm talking about? Telling it like it is. You're just a no, this is you. The thing is, that never helped anybody. That's never challenged anybody. That's never moved anybody along. But what, what if someone's spoken into you and said, you know, I just see that, that there's so much more potential in you. There's so many things that God wants to do in you. There's so, so many directions and, and opportunities that are available for you. See, there's a difference in, in telling it like it is and telling it like it could be. And, and ultimately, that's what the ministry of encouragement is all about. It's, it's telling it like it could be. Helping people to move on and move forward and to move up in the Lord. And not just be stuck. Because a lot of people are stuck. Because they've been told that they can't move any further ahead. That they, they, they never were supposed to make it anyway, so they, they probably won't. And, and yet that's, that's not how we're supposed to do it. Faith speaks into that and, and tells people more than what it is. Speaks into it and says what it could be. That process, um, those of you that are saved, you already understand 
Because it's the same process that we used when we confessed our faith in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So you, you, when you did that, you were speaking it like it could be. And, and you did it. And, and that's where our faith and, and God met up and connected with us forever. And so we need to understand the power of those things. Almost every week here, I, I encourage people to pray that prayer so that they can do just that. They can speak into this thing and tell it like it could be and come to know Jesus as the Lord and save their lives and be saved. That's why we do that. It's the part of the process. So your walk started with that. And, and now we need to know that, that it needs to continue with those things. Telling it like it could be. And these are all aspects and facets of faith that we need to be aware of. Faith is seeing the not yet in the now. Faith is obeying even when I don't understand it. Faith is living by doing the next right thing even when I don't feel like it. And, and then faith is telling it like it could be. These are facets of faith that we all need to work on. And, and to develop this root and get it firmly entrenched in the Lord. And, and live lives of faith. Because that's where we find God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Which means with faith, it's possible to please Him. And that's how He wants us to live. And so consider those things this week. Think about it. Keep thinking about the other stuff. Being thankful. And, and uh, uh, being hopeful. And being joyful. And now we're going to... Be faithful, full of faith, full of joy, full of hope, full of thanks. These are the roots that we establish in him. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, um, they've got to get the video off. Thanks for watching. If you're watching my video, if you need anything, call us, write us. We'd be happy to do whatever we can. We're going to pray tonight as a group, and then we'll close.